IMAA23, the official droid of Ashla Analysis. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. This is it. Everybody quiet. Follow me, boys. Got the dark side, the light side. One is selfless, one is selfish. You want to keep them in balance. I'm a Jedi, like my father before me. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. That's not how the Force works. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? Allow me to introduce our instructors in the Force, Master Eric and Master Rachel. Hello to everyone out there in the galaxy. It has been a while, but I am beyond excited to welcome you back to Ashla Analysis. Woo! Yeah! Uh, your hosts, Eric Pfeiffer and me, Rachel Roselli, we teach you all about the Force. Gosh, it's good to be back. Yeah, I was just looking at the uh, like the last time we did an episode, and it was years ago. So I'm really happy that Twin Sons is is kind of expanding and growing, and this has been a popular show since the start. So I'm excited to bring back with uh, season two. Yes. Ah, and what a season we have planned for you. I, I know you you will not be disappointed at this. Today, though, to kick us off with our first Back to episode, uh, we're going to learn about Force sensitivity, how things, beings are connected to the Force, and what happens if you cut yourself off from it. Yeah, and I think if you think back to some of the great lines from Star Wars over the years, and when we first get to learn about what the Force is, you have to go all the way back to the original one with that True. line from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Where he says, it's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. You know, you go back to that line from oh, Obi-Wan and that's... My Obi-Wan. <laughs> poor Alkin. It's just so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta but love him. That really lays the foundation, you know? It does, yes. And it's funny because even back then when, you know, most of what we knew about the Force was really inside George's head... Yep. And it was just these little peaks and tidbits of, of information. But all we really needed to know was that. We, we, we only needed to know that it was connected to everything, even though we didn't know how or why. And that it overall was able to show us what we were supposed to do or where we were supposed to go. And yeah. you know what? Sometimes maybe it wasn't the best thing. And sometimes maybe it was you know something we should have paid more attention to. But... The interesting part, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I feel like people as humans, we like mysteries. And with the Force, there's just so much mystery to it. And so I think with every new thing that we get related to Star Wars, you're going to get another added tidbit to the Force that maybe clears something up or is a, a new Force power or something new that we didn't know before. And so I think that's why when you think about Star Wars, the aspect of the Force is one of the most intriguing parts of it. Yeah, actually, I really like that comparison because even here in our own galaxy, most of the human race is actually wants to believe that there's some bigger Force, some some god, if you will, or, or, or some higher power, right, that mm -hmm. maybe has a plan. Uh, some people call it fate, right? That either way, something that 
generically is putting us towards the good path. Um, yeah, so I, I love those connections that we have between between the universes. It's funny too, actually, because you know the the Jedi weren't the first beings to tap into the Force or or even to utilize it as a source of power. There was many different beings prior to the first Jedi that demonstrated those kind of special abilities. Uh, things like telepathy, heightened senses, healing, um, even seeing past time, which is super interesting. But there were all things that the ancients of Tython, if you remember, that's the first society of those Force-sensitive beings that is in written history. Um, they were all known for those kinds of things. And they you know, taught themselves and trained others to harness this positive energy of what they called Ashla, which we know as the force. And so now we know that these same people then became the first Jedi. And that's because they chose to dedicate their lives to understanding, meditating in it, practicing manipulation of this force. Yeah. So I really have been into reading some of the books too lately because we've got the Twin Suns Outpost book club and with some of these books there I mean there are like temples and structures that they refer to the ancients you know and so yeah. it's interesting that they're bringing back some of these these really old structures these really old ideas of what these ancient you know quote unquote force users were and it's interesting and not to throw us off too much here, but that, that kind of was George's whole intent, right? Was that to, to your point, we're picking up pieces of information along the way and we're learning more about the force itself. Yep. So maybe we should start Eric with how someone is force sensitive in the first place. How are beings connected to this force? Yeah, well, you know, as we talked about, we have that line from Obi-Wan, um, but to kind of talk a little bit more on what it means to be connected to the Force and how it works, we have to go down to the molecular level, right? So we have these right. microscopic life forms called midichlorians, which I'm sure a lot of you, if you're Star Wars fans, you know what midichlorians are. So they're these life forms that reside inside the cells of all living things they channel the force's energy they work in a, a symbiotic relationship with their host so they work together speaking to each other telling them the will of the force the most most beings don't have enough midichlorians to develop force powers and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today which is super interesting because it's almost up to chance or up to the force if you will on whether or not a particular being has enough midichlorians to really feel it Mm-hmm. So you have characters, obviously, like the Jedi of old, the Jedi on the Council, and then you have other characters that may not necessarily have that ability or have the amount of midichlorians that you would need to be able to lift a rock or jump really high or whatever. Um, but what I really want to kind of talk about, Rachel, is what does it mean to be Force-sensitive? And what are some of the powers that you have and maybe why some of these other characters don't have those powers? So what does it mean to be force sensitive? You've got heightened awarenesses, right? You you are it's almost like a spider sense, like like uh, like Peter Parker. You've got quick reflexes. Uh, yes, you can see things before they happen. Uh, you know what? Sometimes that might involve into special powers like we talked about um, 
seen past time that there was ancient Jedi that actually thought of the force and, and this type of power as a source of wisdom um, or even healing, even a regenerative pool that they drew strength from. Yeah. You know what? Even animals can be force sensitive. We shouldn't forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it resides in all living things. And if you take a look at even some of the species, um, obviously it's not just humans that are able to do this. It's aliens from all over the galaxy and and some animals, like you said, are, are really into, are really connected to the force. Um, they can use it to sense out their prey, like the Vornskers. Uh, hide, in, hide inside force bubbles or voids like the Salamiri, if you, if you remember back to the original Thrawn books in Legends. Yes, yes. Um, and, you you know, had two of them. Yeah, they're pretty freaky. Yeah, they're kind of scary. Um, you know, Ezra actually used the Force to communicate with the Pergil. Remember those space whales? They were so cute. Oh, my gosh. They needed uh, to see a dentist, though. Yeah, well, they were still <laughs> cute. He, he, he actually talked to a lot of the animals, the wolves, too, and, and yep. through the Force is how he communicated. Yep. But what happens if you're in the middle? Mm, like you don't have a high enough concentration of midichlorians to, let's say, pursue life as a Jedi or a Sith, but there's still something different about you. Maybe there's still something special happening between you and the Force, right? Exactly. Now, there's there's obviously a happy medium, you know, and so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit, Rachel, about some of the characters that we see in the Star Wars universe that are maybe that happy medium, you know, maybe they're they're okay. not uh, they're not the Luke Skywalker necessarily of the Star sure. Wars universe, but they do have somewhat of a connection to the Force. Now, a recent one that we got is Finn. Now, if you guys yes. have read the Rise of Skywalker novelization, they go into this a little bit more. But if you think about it, going back to watching, let's say, Last Jedi, Force Awakens, uh, prior to the Rise of Skywalker, you might even be able to pick up, uh, pick up on some of the things that Finn does that you're like, okay, yeah, I can definitely see that he's got something going on there. Um, yeah, that is true. Yeah. So if you remember to the rise of Skywalker and his conversation with Janna, he, he talks about not opening fire on those on that yep. village. You know, it was just a feeling that he had. It was like the right thing to do. He just it, and he, he couldn't felt that ignore pull. it. He couldn't yeah. ignore it, you know. Um, he's able to sense if Rey is alive, and it, in the Rise of Skywalker, he could tell that it was her in Red Five. It was her and Luke's X-wing yep. traveling and showing them the way to Exegol. Um, he was able to sense the First Order uh, launching signal uh, the, on the on the fleet. You know, with uh, at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, he was trained in melee combat, which we can see in the Force right. Awakens. You know, as stormtroopers, a lot of them used riot batons and things like that. But he was still able to hold his own against Kylo Ren in a lightsaber duel, which is insane, you know? It, yeah. Well, and it's funny because before we had the last two movies and we were just talking about TFA, we were we were wondering that. We were saying, you know, what does he feel? Like, there's, there's something... It's not apparent, but there's something. And what is it? And and is it going to be Finn that ends up with the saber, you know, down the road, or or is it Ray that's taking over? And so, yeah, there was there was that little hint there as well. Yeah. You know, at, 
if we're talking about going back to going back to uh, DFA at this point, we should probably throw in Maz. Maz Kanata is one of those in the middle. Um, same thing if you read the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker. She was talking about Rey, and she says, if she finds Exegol, she may just survive. And she's got kind of that, like, sensing going on. And kind of like Leia, and maybe we didn't put two and two together before, but Maz occasionally caught glimpses of people and places or, you know, presence in futures or something that she tried to then figure out or explain. And it was through the power of the Force. And kind of like Leia, she she rarely knew what they meant, but she took them as that source of wisdom, right? And and she kind of took it for what it was and, and was willing to see where it was going or what was going to be coming to her because she saw these things. Maz also, she you know, she was talking to Carr and she said, I know a lost child when I see one. And I know a fellow who can sense the force when I see him struggle in a place such as this. And she, she meant her temple, right? Just like when Ray went down there to the lightsaber and the force was calling her through there. Yeah. And that line that you said, uh, you know, the, I know a lost child when I see one and I know a fellow who can sense the force when I see him struggle in a place like this. That line is actually from a book called Force Collector. And she's in a conversation with the main character of that book. And like I said, I've been really into the novels lately. Um, Force Collector, if you have not read it, I highly recommend picking it up, uh, especially because I'm a collector myself and I love collecting things. Um, but the main character in that book is Carr, and that's who she was talking to. And his full name is Carr Nuxin. And his, his character is very interesting. He had this ability called Psychometry, which if you've played the Jedi Fallen Order game and you know Cal Kestis, he can touch things and sort of see visions, right? Or even if you're familiar with Quinlan Voss, he does the same thing. He can sort of see that history of that item. Now, Carr, he had Jedi in his family. His, right. His great-grandfather yeah, was a Jedi, but he had left the Order before the Clone Wars. And that doesn't necessarily mean that... Um, just because you come it's from, get passed down. right, it, there are recessive genes or genetics involved in all that. And, um, this grandfather, Nakhmed, he was actually, he had a daughter, um, named Jahara, who was Carr's grandmother and she was not force sensitive at all, you know? Hmm. So like we had talked about it, it could skip generations. Um, but through this book, Carr touches things like Tian Medan's staff on Utapau, the training remote inside the Falcon, the Jedi Temple Guard helmet, um, a bunch of, of different things. And when you get to um, one part, I believe it's, it's later on in the book, it's toward the end. But I really wanted to sort of read part of it to you guys because it really makes it seem like what we're talking about is completely legit. You know, when you when you come to grips with the fact that, hey, I might have one ability in the force, mm -hmm. but not necessarily I'm not necessarily meant to be a Jedi, you know, um, right. So this is a very interesting uh, excerpt from Force Collector. Throughout this book, Maz at one point tells Carr that you don't necessarily have to be the milk. You can be the glass. 
You know, you can be that that device that holds everything together. And so here's Cars talking. He says, I'm not the milk. I'm the glass. I'm the one who sees the past and the truth about what happened there. I'm the one who holds the memory. And um, he says, this is a fit. Real certainty. This is what I'm meant for. I get it now. I'm ready now. So he knows that he's not ready and he's not ever going to be ready to be a Jedi. He's the person that holds everything together, holds those memories, and that's his force power. His Yeah, his purpose is something other than what he's heard might be the only thing they think you can do with the force. It's it's interesting, too, because that, that, that same reference or analogy actually is used in some of the older books, like the Jedi versus Sith one um, that I like to use a lot. But in there, they talk about the ancients and how they had a teaching. And they said, similarly, that there's the bowl and the soup inside. And we're here to drink the soup, but the bowl exists. So, <laughs> nice. yeah, it's really cool. So that makes me just like sit there and think like, wait, bowl, soup. Okay, I get it. But now I'm just really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so as we continue on talking about some of these characters that may have touches of the force, one of them that really kind of stands out to me is Chirrut Imwe from Rogue One. Now, Chirrut... Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. He is a guardian of the wills, and we don't know too much about that, but we do know that it is an old order that was devoted to protecting the Temple of Kyber in the holy city of Jeddah. And when you think about Jeddah, a lot of people believe that the planet itself is what gave the name to the Jedi Order. So obviously there's a connection here. The Temple of mm -hmm. Kyber, which is obviously a material used in lightsabers. Holy City and they of knew, Jeddah. They knew it was precious, right? Like, and, and here we go again with, you know, supporting peoples or supporting roles. But even if you have that little touch of connection, you know that it's something big and, and something true enough to devote your life to. Yep. And obviously we see Chirrut do that throughout. Um, you know, we see him kind of um, talk to Baze, like, did they destroy everything? You know, their, their mm -hmm. life's work defending that temple. Um, mm -hmm. We see Chirrut even able to sense Jin's kyber on her necklace and that he believes that all things are connected through the Force. Um, if I saw one really cool thing in the Rogue One visual dictionary as I was getting ready for the for this show. Um, Pablo Hidalgo wrote that one, and it's interesting how he used the verbiage in talking about Shuret. It says, though he seemingly lacks force abilities, this warrior monk has rigorously honed his body through intense physical and mental discipline. And we see that with Luke on Dagobah, all those mental exercises he does with Yoda, swinging around the trees yeah. like, he, like he did with Yoda. You know, we know that that's the way the Jedi train. So um, I well, think sure it... there, there's this piece of, you know, having the midichlorians and having some of that chemistry to be able to tap into things but then there's the other piece of it where you have to train it you you have to build up your tolerance you have to build up your skill set yeah. and you one doesn't come without the other so if you have this little bit of connection and you never train it that's all all you would ever have but if you actually focus on it then there is a way to increase that skill set 
absolutely. I mean, it's it's all about nurturing it. You know, a plant doesn't grow without sun and water, so uh, you right. still have to give it what it needs to, to grow. Um, but I thought it was interesting, too, that the first time we ever get this line, like that one famous Chert Imwe line, right? I'm one with the force and the force <laughs> is with me. Like he just repeatedly says it throughout the film. But now as we continue on, in Master and Apprentice, we hear Obi-Wan Kenobi say that exact line. And if you if you want to, if you don't believe me and you want to go check, check on uh, page 243 in the hardcover because it's there. And he kind of refers to like this ancient order of the Guardians of the Wills. So Obi-Wan says it. And then we also hear Ahsoka say it in this most recent season yes. of Clone Wars. So this is like a real legit thing that Chirrut Imwe kind of started for us in the Star Wars world. Well, and he's he's using it as a chant, which, you know, at first kind of seems like, oh, that goes with his kind of character, you know, temple guard sort of thing. But what he's actually doing is, is you know, it's like when you tell someone to breathe, <laughs> breathe through anxiety or breathe through pain. And you're like, okay, just breathe, breathe. That's all you're focusing on. It's a form of meditation. Yep. And so for him, saying that is not only, you know, speaking it into existence, but he's he's telling his brain that the force is with him and, and he's honing that in and meditating to the point where the force is actually with him and he walks through all that blaster fire. I love how you say it's like meditating because when Obi-Wan was saying that in Master and Apprentice, he was almost like he was in a meditative state and he was just kind of like deflecting the blaster bolts while he was in this meditative state. So yes. it makes perfect that's, sense. That's where that all comes from. You know what? As you were talking about that, I also thought of another character that starts out with just seemingly being a little bit tapped into the force, but doesn't really know why. And that's Anakin. When when he's little and, and on tattooing and pod racing and, and he can see things before they happen. That's why he appears to have such quick reflexes, as Qui-Gon says. <laughs> He, yeah. he doesn't know why. He doesn't know why he's the only human who can do it, right? But he he can. He He's able to do this thing that most of his race cannot do, and it's because of the Force. And then once Qui-Gon, you know, tells him that and says, hey, you know, we need to train this, and he does train it, well, gosh, look at all the things he does. Yeah, and I, it makes me wonder how many untrained potential mm -hmm. Jedi or Sith or, or force users are out there because they don't have the resources to learn how to hone their skills. Yes, that actually could be a whole nother episode about how the Jedi would find force sensitive children and bring them to the temple for training. So we may have to touch on that later. Which um, is but, totally natural. To, you know, we, we can do that. <laughs> but speaking about Padawans, that's actually why they spend all their hours practicing and training. It takes quite a lot of effort to become a Jedi, as you may know, but they have to practice to hear the will of the Force. They have to practice to understand it, and then they have to practice the control. So those without formal training, as you may have seen, will end up having a less uh, deliberate approach with their power. Yeah, it's just too bad that some of them didn't escape the temple. During Order 66, you know? Yeah, well, you know, a, a, a cow would would agree. He would like some more friends, I think. But <laughs> there, there, there's a couple, I think, we, we will find out here and there that escaped. All right. All right. What happens then if you cut yourself off from the Force? 
throughout history, we've seen where some of these Force-sensitive beings have decided to literally cut themselves off. They no longer want the responsibility that maybe they feel comes with the Force. They're afraid of falling to the dark side. They, for whatever reason, don't want to hear or be connected to it anymore. And we see this actually in the video game uh, Jedi Fallen Order. In this one, uh, Ser Junda, she used the dark side and was afraid to use the force again because of that one experience right with her padawan and the memory of this and then what happened to her padawan trilla is all of this was too much for her to handle and she was so worried that she wouldn't be able to control when she had that first little step into the dark and so she cut herself off suppressed the force and and said no that's it i'm done yeah it's really hard to think like i i know as a human being it would be awesome in our world to have the force you know to be able to levitate right. things or jump really high or run really fast or whatever but then you go and sometimes some of these characters like seer get into situations where due to the fact that she is a jedi or that she fell to the dark side or that she had an encounter with the dark side that could be powerful enough to remove her or want her to remove yeah. herself um and most of these characters at least in canon seem to essentially cut themselves off on purpose from the force right right and and i guess the most of the ones i can think of they also are afraid of going too far into the dark right and that's generally the thing that made them go whoa i don't want to be a part of that yeah well, going to off of what you said with Seer, kind of sticking within the same game, Jedi Fallen Order has a main character named Cal Kestis, and after his master was killed during Order 66, I mean, he essentially worked, yeah. you know, as as a, I don't know if he was a miner or like an engineer or something on Bracca, but he essentially just went into hiding, worked uh, like a lot of the Jedi did after Order 66, you know, wanted to stay, fly under the radar, um, yep. And so he really didn't hone any of his skills. His training wasn't completed. And throughout the game, you're literally trying to remember your force powers like because you essentially didn't have them anymore. Um, and right, because so, he purposefully wasn't using them or training them or, or even even if he had like the subconscious inkling to you know kind of lean into it, he was not for fear of being detected. Yep. And I think a lot of the Jedi during this time, I mean... Maybe not necessarily yeah. Kanan as much, but I mean, if you think about Kanan, he was kind of in hiding and he never finished his training and he yeah. disassembled his lightsaber. So he wasn't obviously noticed in, you know, in plain sight. Um, and so with him, even going blind, it was a whole like you had to rejuvenate just walking. You know, he needed help yeah. to walk right away. So, yeah, that I like how we've kind of got some different examples of why someone would cut themselves off from the force because it leads me right into my next thought, which is Luke himself. Yeah. He literally went into hiding from everyone he knew into a undisclosed planet in the middle of nowhere with a crazy map that doesn't tell you exactly where and pieces all over the place and cut himself off mm -hmm. just so he wouldn't be tempted to train more Jedi, at, you know, and, and he did this after feeling like he failed with Ben, um, you know, and watching Ben turn, and, and he felt responsible for that, and he couldn't go 
through that again. But he also was afraid he would do more harm than good, even though his intentions were good. Luke is one of the most popular, one of the most powerful characters in all of Star Wars. And he cut himself off from the Force so bad that Leia, I mean, we've seen their connection. Mm -hmm. Luke and Leia have a very strong connection, and Leia was searching for him. You know, she She couldn't couldn't find find him. him. Yep. Gosh. Pretty serious stuff right there. Another character that I really, really enjoy his story, if you've ever played the Force Unleashed games, we get introduced to a Jedi by the name of Rom Coda. Now, the Force Unleashed isn't canon, it's Legends, but he still provides a good example of what could happen when you get you know the, the your connection to the force cut so he Severed. was yep he was in a he was in a battle with star killer vader's secret apprentice and got blinded kind of like kanan just got a lightsaber to the eyeballs um and he that always sucks yeah he believed <laughs> it does always suck i hate it when that happens <laughs> Um, he believed his connection to the Force was gone. You know, I mean, obviously we see it kind of reawaken inside him, and much like a lot of these characters, it doesn't stay suppressed forever. Okay, so so then what happens? You you have this choice, and and you've severed yourself from the Force, and you no longer feel it, or or hear it, or maybe even sense it, and and you've got nothing and. You're choosing to resist this connection. So now what? Now what indeed? I mean, if you think to the characters, I mean, we don't know what happens to all these characters that have that have cut themselves off from the Force. Obviously, Luke has a clear ending. But Luke kind of had that reawaken in him, you know? I mean, he... Yep. He sort of felt the pull to come back to the Force, and, and when Leia kind of, her fingers moved after she kind of like awoken, after she got blasted out into space, you know, that, that kind of sent you something into You had to bring that up, Luke. didn't you? <laughs> you had to bring that up. <laughs> but yes, that kind of awoken think, Luke, you know? I actually think that, it, again, not to sound cheesy, but it goes back to the will of the Force, right? If, if you are able to hear the force or, or sense it or whatever, tap in for some reason, it probably has you there for a reason. And you know what, if it wants you to fulfill that calling, there's going to be something that reawakens you. Would you rather have loved and lost or never loved at all? It's kind of like that same thing. Would you have rather have had the force and cut your connection? Or would you rather just be somebody like maybe Carr, who doesn't really use the Force like a Jedi would, but has an ability to maybe call on the Force for something like psychometry? Wow. I think with that, we will leave you, the audience, to decide what you would feel. Thanks so much, Eric. Oh, this was awesome. We should probably let everybody know uh, where we got all this great information. Yeah, as always, you know that Rachel and I do know a lot about Star Wars and a lot about the Force, but we always want to refer back to the texts from Lucasfilm and from the Star Wars experts. We've got Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, which is a novel that we used heavily in this one. Ultimate Star Wars, The Jedi Path, Star Wars, Jedi vs. Sith, The Rise of Skywalker, novelization by Ray Carson, Force Collector by Kevin Shinnick, and the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide. 
I feel like our libraries uh, just keep tripling in size every time we do a show. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dang it. I got another book. Oh, I got sweet. Another book Info. I <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, what should we do next month? Well, here's the thing. I mean, there's a lot to cover. And I feel like if you are new to our show, I highly recommend going back to look at some of our previous shows that we did. Yes. You may have to scroll back a little bit, but they're there. But I think one major thing that we haven't really touched on, Rachel, and this is something that we're getting more information on as we continue to get more content with Star Wars, is the ancient texts. The Jedi yes, the and ancient texts. Yes, both Jedi oh, and love Sith. Them. Oh, well, all right, fine. I guess you could bring the Sith one too. <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Man. <laughs> Well, okay, I'm excited about that because that has definitely been on my list to do. And I actually think we're going to have to do a couple versions of that as we learn more information and get more tidbits released to us. So I think that'll be a good uh, 1.0. Absolutely. And now, a word from our sponsors. If you're looking to escape the cold, dark lull of hyperspace... Come visit the warm sand mesas of Jeddah. Home to the legendary Temple of the Kyber, you can tour the spiritual landmarks and even get an up-close look at kyber crystals. Jeddah is full of ancient historical sites like the Catacombs of Kadera, the Dome of Deliverance, and the Holy Quarter. And there's plenty of fun for the whole family with the galaxy's best sand dune skiing. Remnants of ancient religions like the Jedi are around every corner as you explore the Holy City. You may even encounter the mysterious Guardians of the Wills, and if you're lucky, they might offer you some of their wisdom. Whether you're looking for a spiritual pilgrimage or just a warm weekend in the sun, there's something for everyone on Jeddah. It's full of magic. Thank you everyone so much for listening to episode 18, our first episode in season two of Ashla Analysis. It's been great to be back, Rachel, and thanks so much for joining us, everyone. As always, may the Force be with you. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you. Now you will experience the full power of the dark side. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I'm a Jedi, like my father before me. The Sith rely on their passion for their story. Similar in almost every way, including their quest for greater power.